Mike Douglas is Michigan's retirement coach. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike chatting about insight and ideas, things that you can do. Why are you laughing? We we are chatting. We are are chatting about ways to better prepare for your financial future. Listen, I'm glad that you laugh about stuff because this stuff can be stressful for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you need a little comic relief. That's what we are here to bring today. Uh, Lifeplanwealth.com. That is where you can go to begin your own conversation with Mike and his team. Again, it's lifeplanwealth.com. Dot com. We have spoken, not shyly, and it, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse about how much we both love stand-up comedy. Yes. Yep. And what it is to watch, even just, I love watching it on Netflix, but to be able to go to shows and to be in person, because it's so much, it's, the energy is so the different energy. when it's not edited out yeah. and yeah, 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 when you're live in. So have you seen Sebastian Maniscalco in? No. I, I got to see him, I think in 2021, 2022. And it was everything you wanted it to be. Yeah. It was a stage in the round, and he was hopping all over that platform like he does. Yeah. Yep. If you've not seen the Sebastian Maniscalco stand-up special, he's got, I think he's got like three or four on Several. Netflix now. Yeah. And then, I mean, talk about Big Timer. I just saw he just released that movie with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. I think it's called About My Father. I need to Google it. It just came out right before Father's Day. Um, Well-timed. Right. You know you've made it, though, when you're doing films with De Niro. Right. You're just a guy telling jokes, and all of a sudden, you're there with De Niro. Hanging out? Just, yeah. Just shooting a casual film? Mm-hmm. The thing that I appreciate about him is that he did, because a lot, and a lot of his sketches about his family, about his upbringing, that's what that movie, the movie is loosely based on his father, who's an Italian immigrant, and the upbringing that is in an immigrant family. And I think that you probably, because you had that military upbringing, so you kind of understand just the dynamics that is, that makes up certain family mm-hmm. nucleuses, mm-hmm. nuclei, nucleus. Um, quick he, side note, quick yeah, side note. Yeah, yeah. So when I was, uh, the first time in my life I didn't live on a military base was when we moved to Michigan and I was five. Yeah. Until then, in all my formative years, we lived on military bases. And so when we moved to Michigan, uh-huh. I went into speech therapy because they were convinced I had a speech impediment. Yeah. When it turns out after two years, they found out I actually had several different accents. Because I, of the different places you had learned when you were first learning to speak. Well, and, and people coming around. from all over the country to live on a base. So you had people from all over the country, sometimes all over the world, living on one base. You didn't have a speech impediment. You were just confused with what dialect to go I couldn't say R's. I couldn't say L's. I couldn't say a whole lot of things. And there's these really funny videos of me as a kid Uh just talking freely but completely unintelligible. You can't understand anything I'm saying. And it it took two years of speech classes, and they finally said, "Uh, I think it's an accent. Because they couldn't put they couldn't put it, their fingers on it. What just, accent? We don't know. Right. Military base, eclectic. We shall call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Because I was well rounded five year old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a good yeah. side note. I go. appreciate that story. It's yes. a little insight into what has made you become the man that yeah. you are today. Just, now you know my pain. Right. This is where it comes from. You're okay. You've <laughs> made right. it through. Yeah, I, I think it. I think you're going to do all right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I think you're doing okay. Uh, and speaking of doing okay, so Sebastian was actually recently on Conan O'Brien's podcast, and they were talking about the idea of even all the success he's had all these years later, the trouble that he has letting go with the money that he has earned and how he doesn't know how to shift into that mindset. So here's what he was saying. I'm reading this book called Die With Zero, right? Because Mm -hmm. I'm having an issue with uh, spending money. I don't know what to spend. Like, I I grew up working middle class. Right. Uh, Money was a huge topic in our house and it was always save. Save your money because you don't know if your tongue is going to fall out and you can't do this anymore. 
It's a very real. It's a very real point he made. Yeah. You never know when something might come your way, and you can't do the work. Yeah. That you have spent your whole life doing. Yeah. You never know about anything. Lord help us. Have we all not learned a lesson if you never know what's going to happen based on what happened in 2020? Right. Can we all not nod and reflect in agreement on that moment? Yeah. So I think probably for most folks who are getting to that phase of planning for figuring out retirement, that lesson combined with all the other lessons learned of, you know, dot-com crashes, 2008 bubble bursting, that kind of thing. You get to the point now where you're, okay, 55, 60, 65, you got to start thinking about retirement. Well, I might live till I'm 95. What could happen in 30 years? Even if you've saved a million and a half, two, three million, sometimes five, ten million dollars, just like he has. He's got millions of dollars. He's like, I don't know what to spend, Mike. Mm -hmm. So how do you, first of all, I'm sure you have this conversation, if not weekly, daily in your office. Yeah. And how do you talk people through this? Well, the challenge is taking people from hoarding to happy. Okay. Right. Because like we, people, we spend That's the name our lives. Of your new book. That's the name of your book. <laughs> hoarders to happy. Yeah. yeah. And the challenge is, uh, our experiences shape our expectations. Mm-hmm. The things we've been through determine what we do or don't want to go through in the future. Mm-hmm. So, and we learn from the generation ahead of us. So if you think of the greatest generation, the generation before the baby boomers, mm-hmm. they're depression people. And so when you come out of the depression, you know this, I don't trust the banks. I don't trust the stock market. I trust the the space underneath my mattress. And that's mm-hmm. all I trust. Mm-hmm. And so then that informed baby boomers as to how to save and invest. And that's why still to this day, 85-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds, they have a bunch of money in the bank at best. And they have a bunch of cash on hand. Like they're very, very saving oriented. And they'll die with more money than they've ever had in their lives. Hmm. And then as you see that experience... Shape that versus people who maybe are 25 or 30 years old right now. And they started investing 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And all they've known is the fastest exponential curve of growth in the history of the stock market. Got it. So they're like, oh, what do you do? I just throw my money in the market and it doubles every four years. All the time. That's all it is. And then that literally makes the you see the world through those eyes. Yeah. That's how the stock market works. If you were someone who was going to retire in 2010, but then because of the 07, 08, 09 crash, you had to work till 2015. Right now you're crippled with fear over what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I've seen this. I've watched this movie before. I'm going to lose it all again. And you're terrified. So what we've been through determines what we do or don't want to go through. So when you have those experiences, the goal is to help people. We can't deny those experiences. We can't deny those feelings because they're real. Yeah. And to tell someone not to be emotional about their investments is dumb. It's my life savings. If it's just an account somewhere, then it's just whatever. But if it's my life savings, if it's my everything, if it's my paycheck now because I'm done working, Mm -hmm. you can't tell me, hang on, it's just a paper loss. You can't tell me it's cool that you lost 30%. It'll come back someday. Mm -hmm. I don't care about someday. I care about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So when you have those experiences, you need to make sure that we're building out plans that make sense for the individual. Because when you have those experiences, if you've been burned, you do not want to get burned again. Right. So that's the whole ideology here. When he's talking about coming from an immigrant family coming from a family that had to scrimp and save and earn. And, and what if your tongue falls out, right? Like, it's like, it's such a, it's such a parent phrase. That's just like a thing. A, hey, a, like an, I can see an Italian immigrant father. What are you going to do if your tongue falls out? What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, your face is going to freeze like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all these things. And I just think that the whole thing is we've worked this hard, but you don't save to save, you save to live. We've saved this money all these years. So one day when I don't have to clock in, I'm going golfing. I'm going to Florida. I'm going down south. I'm going around the world. So we didn't save just to save. 
we save so that one day we could live out our dreams. That's your perspective, though, because a lot of people don't understand that. Right. You're saying you save to live. Right. But the people that are coming to you with this nest egg, mm-hmm. they save to save. Right. Because they don't know the difference. So l- explain that. Let's go down that path. It's a paradigm shift that has to happen. Okay. Because so for most people's life, unless you own your own business, you show up, someone else pays you. Retirement is I pay me. Mm-hmm. And so I have to live off the money now. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm living off the money, the market fluctuations matter. Mm-hmm. When the markets dip, it hurts my potential future. Mm-hmm. But we sit with people and the worst feeling in the world for most people is regret. Yeah. So to get to 80 or 82, and we often classify retirement in these three phases. Inside of retirement, you have a must-go phase, a might-go phase, and a won't-go phase. Mm-hmm. The first five to 10 years of retirement, let's just say you retire at 60. The first 10 years of retirement is the must-go time. Mm-hmm. If you have a bucket list, if you have anything you want to accomplish, now is the time to do it. You're the healthiest you'll ever be. Mm-hmm. You have the most desire you'll ever have, and you're able to do all the things. So you need to knock out your bucket list of everything you absolutely want to do in the first 10 years of retirement. Then we take age 70 to about age 80. It's the might-go years. Well, if my grandkids are going, if my so-and-so is going, if my sister is going, if, so, if it's the right time where I just don't want to be around the snow, then yeah, I'll go do it. But I'm not going to do everything. About age 80, People turn this corner to what we call the won't go years. And it happens all the time when we have a client who's 80 something years old and we say, it's time to come in for a review. What days are you coming into town this week? And they say, well, I got a doctor's appointment on Wednesday at two o'clock. Great. We'll move some things around because you're in town already. We'll do an 11 o'clock appointment with you so we can get you out of here over to your appointment. That way you only come in town once. Mike, I couldn't possibly do two appointments in the same day. I got to get back home. We're trying to make it. No, I'm not. And you can't talk them around. Talk them into it. Yeah. My grandfather's 92. He lives in Delaware. And when we take our little circus out to him (laughs) and we spend time with him, we get out there and his schedule doesn't change one bit. Really? We show up and he's going to do his Bible reading in the morning. He's going to watch Fox News from 8 to 10. He's going to watch Let's Make a Deal from 10 to 11. Price is right from 11 to 12. Let's make a deal. He's going to eat his lunch. (laughs) By one o'clock, he's out at uh, my grandma's graveside talking to her by two o'clock he's home taking a nap Mm -hmm. and then he wakes up and watches baseball he watches the Phillies and that's what he does pretty much every day Hmm. and so when we go there you would think oh gosh now there's six other people in this giant house with this one person what are we going to do we're going to work around that schedule you're watching let's make a deal at 11 yeah I'm like I'm like because the news is on I'm like kids you're downstairs until 10 yeah right then you can come up and hang out with us got it and so it's just it's how it gets to so Going back to that thing of regret's a bad thing. We don't want to have regret. You don't want to get to 80, 82, 85 and say, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I take that trip? Mm -hmm. Well, I know why, because I was scared. Mm -hmm. And the the way to deal with fear is to be honest and accurate. If we can have good information, tested, proven results, good information that comes in, but also taking time to acknowledge it and address it. So why are you afraid? Well, because I've lost a lot of money before. Great. Here are the actual informational things we're going to do to make sure that never happens again. We can't guarantee you never lose money in the market, but we can promise you it will only go so far. We will not let it fall below a certain point. So that way, you know, you live out your life. So if we can address the fear with good information, accurate, creative planning, that makes sense for you. Whereas someone else is going to say, I've got this money. I don't care. I don't need it. Whatever. Okay, great. That's going to be a different lifestyle altogether. That person's not driven by fear. So you have to find out what makes sense to you and how it goes. But when you have these families that come up and all they have known is fear, save, scrimp, to get that zebra to change its stripes in retirement is one of the biggest challenges we have. 
Because I tell people all the time, hey, I know you've never spent money. I'm going to try to get you to, and they never do. But if we can get them to gift it, if we can get them to live out life, doing things like the living inheritance we talk about quite a bit, where rather than dying and leaving a pot of gold at the end, take your kids and grandkids on these trips, go live out these experiences with people. That way, it's not something that they do after you. It's something they do with you. So that's the challenge, but it's a good challenge. If we say, hey, let's make sure you're putting a lot of life in your years, that's a good way to build a plan. LifePlanWealth.com is our website. You can go there right on the front page. There is a button to click. Start your retirement roadmap today. Click that button. You're going to fill out a little bit of information, and Mike and his team will get right back to you and get to work. The ball will be rolling as far as figuring (laughs) out your plan, helping you get rid of these fears, helping you feel the confidence that you should have to spend your money. Because my one question I was thinking about when you were talking about those folks that are in their 80s and 90s, they they might die with more money than they ever had and what's the problem with that? What are the risks of leaving that much money behind in combination with asking you about a real life moment that you've had with somebody to give them the confidence to yeah. spend so that that doesn't happen to them? The risk of it is the government changing the rules and they get to take a bunch of it. Mm, that's okay. the biggest risk, okay. right? Yeah. Money you spend can't go back retroactively and be taxed. So that's the good thing. Mm-hmm. If you leave too much and they decide to shift the rules one way or the other, it could change things. The year George Steinbrenner, the famous owner of the New York Yankees, the year he died was the only year that we didn't have an estate tax law. And he was able to pass on the entire organization of the Yankees to his kids without an estate tax. Like he organized it. Literally, yeah. <laughs> normally, normally it's about wow. 2 to $5 million per person you can pass without an estate tax. He passed the whole Yankees on. So wow. that was a, a very in, uh Twist of interesting, yeah. interesting situation that happened. But wow. so taxes are the biggest liability. But in terms of real life things uh, specific, I can remember think of one couple They came to one of our workshops. And as I'm going through talking about a lot of these similar topics, taxes, safety, income, planning out a successful plan and weatherproofing your retirement. He sits in the back of the room, just arms crossed, very sour. And I'm like, man, I know I'm not for everybody, but this guy is exceptionally upset with me. Mm-hmm. And then we go around at the end and we say, if anybody wants to have this conversation, let's schedule a time to get together. And he schedules a time to come in and meet with me. And I'm Which, like, did that shock you? <laughs> I'm just thinking this guy is going to take time out of his day to come cuss me out because he didn't like the steak or okay. something. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. And and so he comes in and we meet. And as I'm asking him, I addressed it right out of the gates. I was like, Bob, I don't know why you're here. You clearly didn't like the workshop. Yeah. You clearly didn't like what we talked about or me. Because mm-hmm. I could see it in your eyes. Your arms are crossed, shooting daggers. And he said, I was just so frustrated because that's not been my experience. Well, tell me your experience. Well, I retired from Ford in two th- in nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. and then after in the two thousand and two thousand one two thousand two crash when the market lost forty three percent, he lost a bunch of money. Got it. He finally recovered some, and then here comes the two thousand seven eight and nine crash, and the same advisor lost him money over and over again to the point where his almost two million dollars dropped down to about five hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, so his first 10 years of retirement were treacherous. And so then he's now retired is what we'll call it, but he's feeling broke and he's feeling like a broken person. Yeah. So then he fires the advisor, goes to Walmart, buys two TV screens, sets them up against his computer, and he goes back to work full-time managing a portfolio. He's up every day at 6 a.m. He gets his breakfast and he researches until the market opens at 9.30. The market's open from 9.30 to 4. He stays on the computer until 5 o'clock and then he clocks out and then he re-retires. So he makes his his new day job is managing his money to try to build it back. Every single day. Wow. And he could even give you stories back to one day I was going to make a purchase. I decided not to do it right away. I wanted to wake. I went and made some Progresso soup 
and that can of Progresso soup cost me $4,000. And like he's got that that specific. Now, this is a guy who's retired, and that's how specific the details hurt him still. And so that was from 2008 moving forward to now 2018, he comes to our workshop. Mm-hmm. And as we sit down and we go through the process, um, I'm hearing his story and go, okay, so you got crushed by a really bad advisor. And so you look at me real sideways, and I get that. And so now as we work through this, it wasn't a two-meeting or three-meeting process. We met for about five months, just understanding, trusting. Just unpacking everything. Unpacking yeah. it all. And he had recovered himself back from $500,000 to over $2 million again in a couple of years. Wow. So I was like, well, if nothing else, I could employ him and I could use him. You're right. For, <laughs> you're right. Do you want to come out of work? I got some work for you. Yeah, yeah. And so as I go through, I said, so let me ask you. Are you aggressive, moderate, or conservative? Which are terms I hate because they're very generic, but just trying to gauge him. He goes, I'm aggressive because I still have to be. Because where could I have been if I hadn't lost all this money? I said, well, let me run some numbers for you. Let me do some digging. Because how much are you spending? And he gives me his numbers. And I'm like, I don't think you're spending very much money. And he's in his 70s and his wife's in her 70s. And so as we ran the numbers, I called all of the major banks in our area. Mm -hmm. I said, if he just threw his money in your banks, and that's not 2023 bank rates. This is 2018 bank rates when uh, they weren't, they were just certificates of disappointment. You couldn't make any money in the bank. And so we, I ran all these numbers and said, Bob, if you throw it in the bank and make half percent the rest of your life, you'll still have over a million dollars at age 100. So let me ask you again, why are you aggressive? I don't have an answer for that anymore. Hmm. So then as we went through and I said, if you take the risk out of your portfolio, you can retire again. And he says, I think I could do that. And all the while, his wife hasn't really said much through this whole process. Is she coming to the meetings with him? She's been coming to everything. Okay. and Because they're in this thing together. Got it. And so, but she doesn't really say a whole lot through a lot of the meetings. Then as soon as he says, okay, let's do it. Like on her face, her face shifted. And she says, thank God, I just wanted to retire. And it was a tough situation. It's a hard meeting to be in because they built this life. They lost this life. And then now they get it back. And then two years later, they finally took the trip through the Canadian Rockies on a train where they finally take the trip that they meant to do 10 years prior Mm -hmm. because they were able to let go. Someone finally heard the whole story. If when he came into us in January of 18 and said, I'm aggressive, if we had just said, sounds good, throw it in the market, 2018 had two 10% drops and a 19.6% drop all in the same year. He would have lost another 30% on his portfolio because another jerk advisor didn't ask the right questions. But instead, we went through, made sure we covered the grounds, and then we were able to build out a plan that says, let's just retire. Get off the computer, get outside, and all of a sudden, for the next two, three years, I keep getting these texts, finally put in the the swing, finally resodded the yard, did all these things. It just changed their life because we're willing to have a deeper conversation. I have no words. I'm sure his wife was just like, like you said, she said, thank you so much. Yeah. So now you have a great relationship with this gentleman, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's been a great thing ever since because they're re-retired. That's the one thing they wanted. All they wanted to do was live out their life, live out their dreams. All we want to do, be able to spend our money. We spend all of our working years earning, saving, growing. Maybe you get tangled up with the wrong person along the way. You end up in a train wreck of a situation. You got to unretire yourself and work for yourself to build this back and then get to the point where you finally have the relief, the confidence to go forward, live the life you want to live, spend confidently, know you're not going to run out of money. This is the bottom line. This is why you need to have these conversations. And this is why Mike and his team work so hard to ask those important questions, to have these conversations. You talk all the time. You got to have that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's where it begins. 
lifeplanwealth.com. That is our website. You can go there. There are many links and buttons. The first one right on the front page. Start your retirement roadmap today is where you can click, fill out some information quickly. Mike and his team will get back to you and begin that conversation, asking those important questions, having this important conversation. Again, lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NP. Number nine six five zero nine three nine.